Welcome to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Steve. I'm Mr. Miss Dave. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we're talking episode three of season one of What If, titled What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes. Hmm. <laughs> definitely a <laughs> an episode that definitely made us scratch our heads, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, initial reaction, Sean? That's funny because that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, it wasn't bad. It was interesting because it kind of had a mystery element yep. until it got to like the one point. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, okay, I can see this. I can see this. And then it was just like head scratching time. So mm. <laughs> I still, I enjoyed it for what it was. And then I'm just not, I'm not saying I hated it. Because I didn't hate it. But it was just like, wait a second. So it was one of those things. Yeah, I don't think it was that well received on the internet either. I don't think so either. And I was honestly afraid to go looking. <laughs> Some of it was inescapable. Yeah. But I just keep saying, you know, zombies are coming. So that's yeah. what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I gave it, not that we're rating episodes, but if we did, I gave it three out of five giant green water balloons. <laughs> But uh, yeah, when, the closer we got to the end and the more things, and I, I wasn't a big fan of the end, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Didn't like it that much. <laughs> yeah, the ending, it really did throw me. And yeah. it took me a minute to realize what you were talking about. Just my <laughs> <laughs> delayed laugh. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to give it three out of five Chippendale dances, but I like the giant green water balloon <laughs> better. <laughs> Colson. That's all I have to say is Colson's back. Yeah. <laughs> That was the best part of this whole episode was having Coulson and Nick Fury in it. <laughs> yep, another member of the bridge crew. Can't kill him. That's right. Inside joke. <laughs> Sorry, people. Inside joke. I'm so mad we didn't get all of the voice actors, though. I mean, all the regular actors to do the voices. Right. I know we're never going to get that with everything, but it's like, oh, because you instantly knew that was not Scarlett Johansson. Uh, no. I mean, I recognize Lake Bell from a bunch of other things, but I mean, come on, you got Sam Jackson and Michael Douglas and you couldn't afford to get some of these others? Well, somebody's involved in a lawsuit. This was done way before that. Come yeah, that's on. true. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I know, they get Frank Grillo. <laughs> I, I was, I, when I, when they had all those voices and I heard, I get, wow, that guy sounds just like Michael Douglas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, because apparently he wasn't in the opening credit because no. my husband pointed that out. Yeah. He's like, oh, Mark Ruffalo, Tom Hiddleston, Sam Jackson. Oh, wow. All these all the people who did the voice. And, sick. and at the end, he's like, was that really Michael Douglas? Because he wasn't in the opening credit. Right. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Yep. We didn't get we Robert didn't get... Downey Jr. Yeah. or Scarlet yeah. or. Crap. What's his name? Well, the guy who does General yeah, Ross. Yeah, Helmsworth. Like, that's not Helmsworth. No, Thor wasn't the same voice either. Oh, 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 sorry. And Captain Marvel was different. It's like, just come on, guys. <laughs> you literally, for Loki, got Chris Hemsworth to go, ah, yeah. Thor. <laughs> you could, I don't even know if, did he even say anything? Honestly, in this, did Thor say a word in this? Nope. Or was it just punching? I don't think so. So I guess that wouldn't have mattered. He could have commented on his own hair, but he didn't get a chance. <laughs> it was like a shampoo commercial. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so right. quick, yeah, quick recap. 
Nick Fury struggles to launch the Avengers when candidates are targeted by a serial killer. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so we're going to start where most bad weeks start on Monday. Yeah. Appropriately enough, it starts at the opening of Nick Fury's classic, There Was an Idea Speech, which I love that. I still, it kind of gives you goosebumps, right? Yep. Because the fans are going to recognize this from the Avengers and various Marvel marketing materials. But what if twist the expectations by having Black Widow cut them off, which I probably would have done that if I was in the car, too. <laughs> But she is chiding her boss with, I know, I've heard the speech. <laughs> and that's when uh-huh. instantly I'm like, damn it, that's not her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a metagag acknowledging how many times the viewers have probably heard Fury's most famous rallying cry. Which, yeah, I don't even know if I can count how often this happens. But we do see Tony Stark sitting in the hole of the donut, much like we've seen in, was it the second Iron Man? Yep. Thank you, because I'm like, I can't remember. And he was just eating donuts. And for that, Tony, you you got my heart. (laughs) (laughs) But Nick Fury is, I love it. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm like getting all squirrely. It was virtually beat for beat recreation from the live action. So that was just amazing. All the way to the dialogue about Tony's poisoning and Black Widow's injection until the injection didn't work. Yeah. And that's where everything starts to flip. And I'm thinking, how many freaking timelines do we have for real? Because Stark drops dead. Wow. And then we see the Watcher, which, by the way, that was creepy because I don't remember seeing the Watcher like we have in this episode in other episodes. No. Kind of in the background. Yeah, it was just weird. And it's just a freaking outline. Yeah. (laughs) But still creepy. The Watcher explains that (laughs) while the events of Fury's big week were the catalyst of what would have formed the Avengers, in this reality, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Because everything starts taking a different turn. Like I said, Monday goes bad, the whole week starts to fall apart. Absolutely, because we move on to Tuesday, another day, another MCU movie. By the time Tuesday arrives, it's Thor's turn to get the what-if animated treatment, and the opening shot of Molnar is a direct copy from Thor and Iron Man 2's post-credits. Oh, they should have put Thor on Thursday. Yes. <laughs> Agent Coulson finds the hammer in New Mexico, but Fury can't come immediately as he's overseeing Black Widow's transfer as she has been arrested on charges of killing Tony Stark. Black Widow is transported for questioning. Even in animated form, Frank Grillo's crossbones is hard to miss, not least because the actor himself lends his vocal talents. And he was just as big of a jerk in animated form. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Standing on the other side of a cuffed Black Widow, however, is a cartoon Jack Rollins, a live-action character who appeared in Captain America Civil War and was played by Colin Mulvey. Rollins was Crossbones' right-hand man and another secret Hydra fanboy, and the slicked-back hair gives him away here. Though he gets some lines, Mulvey isn't credited among the episode's cast. Well, that's cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Was it actually him then? Yeah, I think so. Because when you look at IMDb, it's a whole bunch of people that just say other voices. (laughs) Right. 
According to the MCU villain, the man wanting Natasha interrogated is Pierce, a reference to Robert Redford's Alexander Pierce, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., who would later be revealed as a Hydra sleeper agent. Redford's MCU debut didn't actually come until Captain America the Winter Soldier, but What If's reference gives Pierce a presence in early Phase 1. But as the S.H.I.E.L.D. strike team led by Brock Rumlow takes her away. Fury informs Natasha that he knows she wasn't involved. Black Widow sits in a truck surrounded by crossbones heavies while an awkward silence hangs in the air. I love that. It's like, hey guys. It's like nobody's looking. They're all looking straight ahead. Yeah. At each <laughs> <Stoic>. other. <laughs> like, do not engage. She doesn't have like hypnotic powers. Exactly. This is it my hero academia. She's not going to get you to talk to her and then suddenly get you to do anything she wants. Yep. Well, the tension is broken when Natasha hands one guy the cuffs, asking him to hold that for her. <laughs> that was funny. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> and this entire sequence is surely an homage to the Steve Rogers elevator scene from Captain America Winter Soldier. Same enemy, same awkwardness, same outcome, different adventure. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, and the whole time you have crossbones in the front talking smack. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, they just, everybody just underestimates her. She's not that good. And I'm like, you have all that going on in the back. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> you're lucky you're the one driving. <laughs> so we go back to New Mexico and we get Phil Coulson just fanboying <laughs> so bad. Fanboy. <laughs> He should be on the show. Yes, we really should have Colson on our show. <laughs> <laughs> I know his password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Steve, 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 Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And Fury shows up and talks to Hawkeye and they discuss the hammer just as the God of Thunder arrives to reclaim his weapon. And the events play out similar to the events of Thor, with Hawkeye taking to the sky to get eyes on the Asgardian as he tries to lift the hammer. However, once again, things play out differently as an arrow hits Thor in the heart. Now, Clint Barton claims that he didn't fire the shot, but when Fury goes into his cell to talk to him, Hawkeye is dead of mysterious circumstances. Okay, now, I have a question. Sure. Now, I know we get to see later how everything played out. But why do you not see any kind of blood then? Right. <laughs> like, obviously, you don't have to show blood because it's animated, but like a line of red somewhere. Right. Now, the MCU doesn't show Clint Barton's family until Avengers Age of Ultron. But following the Archer's death, Nick Fury tells Coulson that Hawkeye wouldn't take his own life because of his wife and children. This line plays off the Barton family introduction from Avengers Age of Ultron, where Hawkeye says, Fury helped me set this up when I joined. Wasn't he the only one that knew, too? Yep. It makes sense, therefore, that Fury knows Hawkeye's big secret in What If. So, anyway, oh, I wanted to comment in your distant watcher in the background from earlier, yeah. Sean. Yeah, do you suppose that means he'll be creeping in closer and closer in every episode now? Oh my gosh, it's going to be like that one horror movie where, like, the image keeps getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right there. yeah. Okay. So I got a little boomer talk for you guys. This will break everyone's skull if you're, if you're not a boomer. <laughs> 
Gen X or Gen Z or anyone else, too. This is a boomer talk facepalm. <laughs> when you said it, Tuesday, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, man. Way back in the day, 1969, there was a movie called If It's Tuesday, This Must Be Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> Steve remembers? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I don't know. Oh, that had Ian McShane in it, of all people. And then, though, of course, the ever-lovely Suzanne Plachette. Yeah. It's about, yeah, touring Europe. Because they just do one day at a time, and they're all around you. <laughs> and so everyone's, so now everyone out there listening is like, uh, can you get back to the episode? Sure, I can. <laughs> I'm done with that. Anyway, now it's Wednesday. Hmm. I wonder what Pugsley has to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Wednesday. Natasha heads to Culver University to talk to Betty Ross, who she knows can help her undercover what killed Tony. After Betty discovers a small projectile was the cause of Iron Man's death, Fury calls Natasha and warns her that members of the Avengers Initiative are being targeted. She finds Bruce Banner in Betty's office and informs him that they need to run. During a coffee run, Coulson witnesses the Bitfrost arrive on Earth and brings the forces of Asgard, including Loki. But to remind me, I had a little problem that Thor could be killed with an arrow. Isn't like totally human? Right. <laughs> He's not totally. He's still an Asgardian. Right. Yeah. Just because he wasn't, just because he wasn't holding the hammer. Anyway, but just as Fury heads out to confront them, D- Natasha calls from Virginia, where Thunderbolt Ross has arrived to take out the Hulk. Banner is promptly shot by a mysterious bullet and loses control, like a water balloon. <laughs> While Loki lays waste to Shield's forces. However, as the Hulk fights Ross's forces, he explodes. I just wanted to see everyone covered with gr- green goop. Yes, much <laughs> have been slow. Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Marking the death of another potential Avenger. Meanwhile, back into Mexico, Loki gives Fury one day to find his brother's killer. Was it even one day? Yeah, was it was like nice. Like, it was like, yeah, just overnight, pretty yeah. much. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's going to happen. Without any leads, uh, Natasha is investigating what, what happened because of all the green goop. But she has to get into files, which she's not able to. So she does get Coulson's password <laughs> after much <laughs> persuasion. And we figure out, well, I can't say we because it literally took me an extra five minutes after it was exposed. Who the assailant is. And as she turns, we have an in- invisible assailant attacking her. So I was thinking it was that ghost from Ant-Man and Wasp. And I'm like, oh, that's not it. Because she had called Fury and managed to leave a message that says hope is at the bottom of the murders. It's all about (laughs) hope, which prompts him to walk off and talk to Loki to make a deal. And I'm sitting there going, what? Who? Yeah. Fury then heads to Hope Van Dean's grave in San Fran. And it's like, oh, (laughs) I get it. Yeah. It's like, duh. (laughs) But where he ends up finding a very distraught Hank Pym, which I'm thinking kind of lines up a little more with how he was kind of wackadoo in the comics originally, but I could be wrong. But plus, he wasn't wearing the Ant-Man costume. No. (laughs) Which that, again, took me a few minutes, and I was like, wait a second. That's not right. Hank reveals that... He became a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. (laughs) (laughs) No, he became the Yellow Jacket. Yes, I know what the... I don't know how many people might get that, but also a joke (laughs) in Family Guy. So I think we're probably a little better off than we think. (laughs) 
But Hank reveals that after his daughter's death, he swore revenge against Fury. Ah! I love how he even had the crazy dark eyes and like little red bloodshot going. Yep. He was little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs here. But he devised a plan to destroy Fury's life like and his life's work by killing the Avengers. Like, what? 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 That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but then you're also destroying everything else, Dodo. <laughs> but as the conflict ensues between the two, Fury definitely has the upper hand as something's kind of off. Which I thought was funny as Pim starts actually commenting on that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out, again, after a few seconds, it dawns on me what's going on, that Loki has accompanied Fury on his mission. And it wasn't, in fact, Fury. It was Loki that was fighting Pym. And with Pym defeated because of Loki's magical abilities, yay, we think everything's going to be hunky-dory. Alas, after his victory, Loki decides, ah, I think I'll stay on Earth a little while longer. And since the Avengers are not there to stop him, we do see that he is pretty much taken over by the next day. Yep. Thankfully, Fury still has a plan to save the world, where we see him wiping off Cap Shield from some frost. And he happens to say, welcome back, Captain, but turns around and we see Carol Danvers instead. So the Avengers are actually going to be a reality, kind of, sort of. But who else is going to be in it? See, again, another way to bring the X-Men in. So many ways, because the X-Men have all been part of the Avengers at some point. I think this is how they're teasing it. I Uh, want Deadpool. I want Deadpool (laughs) right next to Captain America and Captain Marvel, because that is such a Oreo of insanity. Yes. Because we'll have Captain Marvel and Captain America, who are the good people and stand up and and not talk smack and then you got deadpool and it's like the mega stuff oreo because deadpool is mega stuff of everything that could go wrong coming out of his mouth actually uh having recruiting carol Danvers is closer to getting a uh an appearance of the fantastic four because since really? she's a yeah she's a space traveling superhero that's how the fantastic four get into get their powers they get stuck in space and radioactive waves huh that part I knew, but I didn't know. She has it to go up there and rescue them. She doesn't save them from getting their powers, but she does go up and rescue them. Therefore, introducing oh, them. Oh, see that I did not know. Yep. There's the way to get the Fantastic Four in. You're welcome, fandom. Yes. <laughs> now you can hear all these scripts tearing up in Hollywood. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> way to go, Dave. Just ruined our idea. Yep. Well, any other thoughts on this episode, even though we flew through this? <laughs> Just part of our superpowers. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm thinking it wasn't what I wanted, but it wasn't bad. Right. Yeah. Because, man, Hank Pym really kind of messed me up. I'm like, what? How'd they get that guy to sound like Michael Douglas? <laughs> they should have got, oh my gosh, I don't know the kid's name. There's a kid that they interview. He goes to the comedy shrine out here in Chicago. And they've interviewed him on local news. And he does a Michael Douglas voice. And it is like so good. Like they should have got this guy. He does all these voices. Where Where was this guy? He's out of Chicago. Well, Chicagoland area. Uh-huh. Like they should totally get him because he did. Like a spot on Michael Douglas. You, you sure he's not from the streets of San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few Gen Xers out there that won't get that one either. <laughs> what? What? 
Well, I still think the best part of the episode was having Colson back. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. There are so many out there. I mean, there are, and it's amazing. We have so many more coming, too, so I'm super excited. But while you're at it, if you can go ahead and... Check out www.fangirlzone.com. I had to give that like build up there for a second. Yes. <laughs> you can check out our contacts page and shoot us messages. And if you have questions about all of the things that Dave and Steve talk about in regards <laughs> to Boomer Talk, please send them messages because I can get lost just as easily as everybody else. But for this episode of the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, I'm Steve. Whatever it is, it came with bogeys. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Mischievous Dave. You know what would be grand? If I was part of a super secret boy band. <laughs> There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat. There is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the fangirl zone.